And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob, and I am joined, as always, by Sage. <laughs> and Tate. What's up? Is that never not going to be funny to you, Sage? No. Well, it, it will always at least get a chuckle. <laughs> so how are we doing tonight, boys? Doing great. Why do I feel like Ooh, I always have to tired. jump in right there? I feel like Sage, I always wait for Sage for a second, and he doesn't, so I feel like I got to jump in. I have to think about my answer 80% of the time. Sage is still used to being the third mic on the show, even though he's been upgraded to second mic. Yeah, he's second That is chair. true. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> there again. That's Was right. I supposed it's to a... say something? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> oh, God. It's a rough transition. Um, guys, I'm so close to being unbusy again. The past, like, five weeks, I've had something to do every single weekend. This The weekend before so like two days ago my brother got married and then i'm done until shine frontier days very excited about that tell your brother congrats by the way i will my movie watching has been like i watch maybe two movies a week now it's it's rough i was like really close to a movie a day for the first like three months of the year four months of the year yeah that's a lot of movies i'm at over a hundred on the year? This year? Yeah. How many days are yeah. we in right now? Shit. I'm at 132. We're at almost 180 days. It is the... No. What is the current day number? I'm going to say... Oh, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. 158. Yeah. I knew it was around 150 I did just say 150. Yeah, I knew it was around 150-ish because like 180 is six months and we're at the beginning of June. So it's close to like the 150-ish mark. 158, though? Yeah, 158. Yep. That's a lot of movies. Yeah, Shit, so I, movies. I've got 20 movies to make up to get back to my one movie a day pace. Pretty happy with that. That's a lot um, of movies. Well, do you guys have anything or should we just jump into my pick? Yeah, I don't really know if I have anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so I picked a Terrence Malick movie. Um, I do feel like... This is part of the reason why I picked him because he's a very interesting guy. Um, I'd never seen one of his movies before. I think this was one of the more out there movies I picked. I picked the tree of life from 2011. Um, Here's Terrence Malick's mini bio on IMDb. Terrence Malick was born in Ottawa, Illinois. His family subsequently lived in Oklahoma and he went to school in Austin, Texas. He did his undergraduate work at Harvard, graduating summa cum laude with a degree in philosophy in 1965. A member of the Phi Beta Kappa Honor Society, he attended Magdalen College, Oxford on a Rhodes Scholarship, but did not finish his thesis on Martin Heidegger, allegedly because of a disagreement with his advisor. Returning to the States, he taught philosophy at MIT and published a translation of Heidegger's 
Vom Vesen des Grundes as the essence of reasons. Malik did not get his PhD in philosophy. Instead, he attended the American Film Institute Conservatory in, in its inaugural year, 1969, taking a master's of fine arts degree in filmmaking. His master's thesis was the 17-minute comedy short Lantern Mills from 1969, which starred Warren Oates and Harry Dean Stanton. Malik himself acted in the short. At AFI, Malik made a lasting association with Jack Fisk, who went to establish himself as an Oscar-nominated art director and production designer and serve as art director on all of Malik's films. He also picked up Mike Medavoy as an agent who got Malik work doctoring scripts and marketed his original ones. Um, he spent a lot of time kind of doctoring scripts and writing scripts for other people to direct. He eventually um, decided that he was just going to start directing his own because most of the movies that he was writing were flopping in the box office and were not, um, uh, not being executed. Yeah. Not, not being not, we're not like very good movies. Um, it was an inauspicious start to a legendary career, but it influenced Malik to begin directing his own scripts. His first two films were the now critically acclaimed Badlands from 1973 and Days of Heaven from 1978. He then took a self-imposed retirement of nearly two decades from filmmaking before lensing his 1998 adaption of James Jones's Then Red Line, which was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Uh, that film came out in 1998, including nods for Malik for directing and adapted screenplay. Adapt, adapt, adopting a Kubrickian pace of movie making. He directed The New World and the autobiographical The Tree of Life. Um, so pretty interesting dude. Went to Oxford on a Rhodes Scholarship. Um, Harvard. Taught philosophy. From Oklahoma. <laughs> grew up. Went to um, school in Austin, Texas. Yeah, taught philosophy at MIT. Um, That's a pretty wild background as far as just like education and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it specified what he was studying at some of those places. It said he taught yeah, philosophy. philosophy. Is that what he's studying too? Yeah, that that's what he uh, did not so like. That's what he was going for his master's in, um, but had a disagreement with one of the professors. Wow. Sage is a little. He's a little you. No. <laughs> he kind of looks like Sage. Oh. Like it, like an old Sage. Uh, let me pull up a picture of him. Like, could you not see this guy becoming Sage? Or Sage becoming this guy, I mean? Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Sage has, like, basically that hat, I think. Sage, are you looking? That's yeah. funny. So I, I don't know. Maybe that was better information to have before you watch the movie. We'll get into your thoughts um, in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I picked The Tree of Life from 2011. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars. Brad Pitt, Sean Penn, Jessica Chastain, a very young Ty Sheridan. Um, Fiona Shaw as well, Harry's aunt from the Harry Potter movies, Mrs. Dursley, Petunia Dursley to be more exact. Um, anything got anybody got anything before we I don't know if you said this on, on the other one with Connor, but how did you find this movie? Um, yes. So Dr. Earl from the Deuce Cast movie show is a big fan of his and talks glowingly about all of his movies, including this one. Um so I was like, I, eventually I want to pick a movie of his because I've never, I'm not like never even seen a clip of his work. Well, um, it sounds like he doesn't have a huge body of work as far as directing no. goes. So no, no. Cool. All right. Um, that's my only question. All right. We'll see you on the other side. 
are two ways through life. The way of nature and the way of grace. You have to choose which one you'll follow. We're alligators. You'll be grown before that tree is tall. It takes fierce will to get ahead in this world. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Come on, son. He's afraid of you. You expect things that a mulling adult can accomplish. I've just always wanted you to be strong. Be your own man. Father. Mother. Always you wrestle inside me. Always you will. Someday fall down and weep and we'll understand it all all thanks So in the spirit of philosophy or philosophical things, here's a fun thing I read that Anthony Bourdain once said. Eat at a local restaurant tonight. Get the cream sauce. Have a cold pint at four o'clock in the most most in a mostly empty bar. Go somewhere you've never been. Listen to someone you think may have nothing in common with you. Order the steak rare. Eat an oyster. Have a Negroni. Have two. Be open to a world where you may not understand or agree with the person next to you, but have a drink with them anyways. Eat slowly. Tip your server. Chicken on your friends. Chicken on yourself. Enjoy the ride. So that was fun. Okay, class. Now, how does that relate to this movie? <laughs> I A, Negronis are bad. But B, where did you come up with that? Or I mean, where did you bring that out of? Is it just... What made you think of that? I came across. Do you like have that on your phone? Yeah, I just came across like 20 minutes ago and I screenshot it. And I was like, this is because the movie was technically labeled philosophical. Really? So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of philosophical. And I like Anthony Bourdain a lot. So, oh, okay. I'm going to yeah, hold and- on to this, but I'm not going to know when to put it in. <laughs> and here we are. That was the perfect place for it. <laughs> um, yeah. In the Google review for it, our uh, synopsis of it, and it says, in this highly philosophical, philosophical there we go god that's a hard word in the highly philosophical philosophical there we go in the highly philosophical (laughs) in the highly philosophical film by acclaimed director terrence malick young jack is one of three brothers growing up as part of the o'brien family in small town texas Hmm. all right all right so that does kind of i guess relate in one way Um, jack has a contentious relationship with his father gets along but gets along well with his beautiful mother. As an adult, Jack struggles with his past and tries to make sense of his childhood while also grappling with bigger essential issues, existential issues. 
All right. Well, um, so so that's what the movie was supposed to be relaying to you. Was it relayed to you? Did you get the message? Man. Um, so I literally just finished this, like right before hopping on this call. So it's very fresh in my mind. Um, I, I haven't had much time to stew on it, even though I think this is a kind of movie where I, like, I, I will probably stew on it a little bit. Um, and I saw so talking about that is going to help. Like, had I watched this a few days earlier, I think it would have helped to just, like, sit there for a couple of days and just let it sink in. Because um, I don't know how I feel about it. It was very long, drawn-out, slow, um, very beautiful. Um, but, I, I mean, I just don't know if I fully grasp it. And if, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how... I don't know. I have no idea where to even rank this one or score it like off initially, but like I, I think I liked it, but I also don't know. I don't know. I'm this one's kind of confusing to me. Sage? It's a pretty shit movie. <laughs> I figured that was coming from him. Yeah. Um, you're gonna have to con- you're gonna have to convince me to boost this score. Otherwise it's not gonna be a great score or a good <laughs> score. Yeah. So in in all honesty, I, I thought we were gonna get something like this but I didn't know it was going to be like fully like this. Yeah. Like it was, there's a 30 minute section where there's like a few whispers and that's the only dialogue and it's just planetary universe stuff. And fun little fact about that. Um, Malik was not happy with um, the way like the CGI graphics of that looked. So he went and got, Special veterans, special effects supervisor, uh, Douglas Trumbull, who was responsible for the visual effects in 2001 A Space Odyssey. And his last work before this movie was Blade Runner. I feel like it was a good call because it did look like very cool visuals. Um, The. I don't know what my initial thoughts are. I started the movie last night around like 10 ish. Um had to do some stuff like work related and then i i stopped it with like 45 minutes left because i had to get to bed and, and this is a movie that would put you tonight. to bed <laughs> yeah and like i was like if like any other situation i'm fine staying up till 1 a.m but i was like i just don't know if i can do it right now with this movie like, i feel like i need to be paying attention to it so yeah i i don't the second half i think helped it make a lot more sense than the first half. Like I was able to be like, okay, this is, I understand kind of what he's going for. Um, I knew watching it that Sage was going to hate it because there wasn't a plot <laughs> and Sage hates when there's not a plot to a movie. It's just is kind of a about my, is this my turn to say something. <laughs> if you'd <laughs> if like you to, want. what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you can just jump in whenever that's how we do the podcast for 96 episodes now. Uh. It, yeah go ahead the best part of the movie was the 30 minutes that had nothing to do with the story because the story was ridiculous shit what do you want me to say about it well there's, it's tough because I feel like there isn't a plot to to criticize if that makes right. sense I mean there is though like it's about a, a, a son dying and like the family trying to cope with it but yeah, but does to it me, do like, that? Does it achieve that? Does anything happen? Does it? It just okay. So that, that that's a question I have is 
And I already know what your question is going to be. When, and when it is she, a big question. She gets the letter at the like beginning of the movie like the before we get the 30-minute interlude of yeah. space. And it's their 19-year-old kid has died. Yes, but you don't know that until... You don't know that he's 19. You don't know anything other yeah. than the kid died uh, for like 40 minutes. Until yes, post and so <laughs> does the how does the kid die? No idea. We don't know. No, no. And so it's not the kid from the uh, Austin swimming pool. No. What's that called? No. No. That was, that was just a, like Barton Springs. That was another kid. That was the friend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that was um, like them showing. <laughs> this was fucking confusing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So my first note was I, I need more context around this wait, kid no, dying. But there's, there's one. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, like we, we got to, we got to, I got to figure yeah, out gotta, where this kid comes in. Because then, because there's even so more. Is, is, is the kid that dies the like main kid that we see? Like the no. oldest kid? That's Sean Penn grown up. Okay, that's what I thought. So, did they have a 19-year-old kid, and then after he died, they had three more kids? We don't know. And, like, we don't <laughs> technically know for sure. Sh- oh, no. We we know that there's two younger brothers, but we don't know which okay. one died. Okay, so this is immediately one of these, like, up-for-interpretation things, which I think is a theme throughout a lot of this movie. Um, they don't – they leave a lot up to question, um, and I think it's very intentional. But I thought that – the troubled kid that was like causing all like Jack. the yeah Jack. I thought that that was the kid that died. No, that's Sean Penn. when he's older. No, I, I thought the young, the middle brother was Sean Penn, the one that got. No, it's not up sure? for debate. It's actually in the bio of the movie. It says that Sean Penn is and in the credits it says yeah. Sean Penn is Jack Hunter McCracken is yeah young Jack McCracken. Oh. Okay, so it is confirmed that Sean Penn is Jack grown up because it so always it's said the middle like, or the youngest brother that died. Okay, so it's or it's an older brother that we don't know about while they're younger. No, <laughs> well, they never I think really... he's referencing my like yeah posture about could it did have they been have a nineteen like, year old kid die that while and they were still no younger because kids. did the kids were the kids at something when the nineteen year old kid died? We don't know whose funeral was that. The funeral that we did see was the kid from Barton Springs where they were still okay. kids. Okay. Oh, but they did. That was a weird no, we shot. saw two funerals. We saw, we two saw funerals. the funeral of a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Too. But I don't think they showed any kids. They didn't show. Either. They just showed Jessica Chastain or whatever her name is. Is that her yeah. name? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they didn't really give us any context. So, I, yeah, I, I think it like could be. I mean, most most people will probably say that it's just those kids growing up and it's like the middle child, let's say. Um, But I I don't know. I, I, I It's. They didn't give you any. That's a fairly significant part of the plot that literally. Okay, but what if it. Why even pay attention to Sean Penn just wandering and staring aimlessly into nothingness? He he didn't have a line, right? He had. Did he have a few whispers? He had a couple lines. Yeah, not really much. So this, I mean, this will get into my (laughs) least favorite thing about this entire movie, which was Sean Penn's. And like this, these future flash forwards of him trying to deal with this. I, I, I didn't, I don't think I liked that that was thrown in there, um, even though it was not that often. But I don't, I don't think that the point of this movie is to care about the details 
of said death. Of the, yeah. I think the whole point of the movie, I mean, this is, again, like, I've, I finished this 15 minutes ago, so I think the whole point of the movie is just coping with and dealing with things out of your, okay, things out of your control. Hot take. This is like melancholia. Oh, absolutely. This is so melancholia. Um, yeah. As far yeah, as like absolutely. the, I mean, I made that note 30 minutes into it when they were doing all the weird like space shots and like planet earth shots and like it was moving really slow and playing like orchestra music or whatever classical music. I was like, this is so melancholia intro if I hadn't seen one. And then it just continued. And I, I thought that that was going to be that way for like 30 or 40 minutes and then it's going to jump into a normal movie. But it never did. It just like mm-hmm. continued with this like kind of hypnotic, like, I don't know. I felt like it was almost putting me in a trance. Um, and like the amount of talking in it, very similar to Melancholia. Um, the vagueness around the situation, very similar to Melancholia. Um, the kind of hidden underlying like depression or um, dealing with shit. Oh my gosh. So I, anyhow, that was one of my, it continued I wrote that note very early, but by the end, I was like, this was very, very aligned with melancholia in the way it was shot. And maybe I guess you could say themes. Yeah. So, um, Roger Ebert, I've talked about him before. Well, probably the most famous film critic, um, out there, not out there. I've made that comment before too, cause he's dead. But one of the most famous film critics gave this four stars out of four stars. Um, And he said, I don't know when a film has connected more immediately with my own personal life. In uncanny ways, the central events of the tree of life reflect a time and place I lived in and the boys in it are me. If I set out to make an autobiographical film and if I had Malik's gift, it would be so much like this. His scenes, this is the important part. His scenes portray a childhood in, in a town in the American Midlands where life flows in and out throughout open windows There's a father who maintains discipline and a mother who exudes forgiveness and long summer days of play and idleness and urgent unsaid questions about the meaning of things. The three boys of the O'Brien family are browned by the sun, scuffed by play, disturbed by glimpses of adult secrets, filled with a great urgency to grow up and discover who they are. Holy fuck. I would hope to write that review of this. If I had a, if I had two years, I would hope that I could write that and I don't think I could. I, I can't I can't emphasize it enough how good of a writer Roger Ebert was. Um, that's like how all of his reviews are. He just is able to paint like such beauty with his words. Yeah, that was like literally and, everything that I would want and to say like about and this encompass movie. what you're trying, what's trying to leave your tongue. Yeah, to describe something. Well, and, and um, that was one of the other things that I didn't know about this. I mean, it, after watching it, you kind of feel it, but I didn't know it was an autobiographical film um, for for Mister Malik Walik. Terrence Malick. Wallace, Terrence Malick, <laughs> but I didn't know it was an autobiographical film for him. But it kind of felt like it once you're, once especially once they get through that interlude and they start getting to like the childhood um, mm-hmm. memories and shit like that. I was like, oh, you you know that he lived this to have such a vivid idea of what it looks like. But yeah. Anywho, back to Sages. I think the main question that you guys had. I think that we aren't. We, the whole point of the movie isn't to know and un- needing like to understand yes. that. I think his point is way, way more philosophical and deeper than they make that clear, but it doesn't help. And it doesn't. Yes. And, and philosophical I, I, in my opinion, that's fair. I'm glad you brought that back up because that's why I read that. And I kind of forgot what that was connecting to. Um, the point is not, 
it's it's what this movie is trying to do is um take a snapshot of growing up in this time period and what it was like with the prototypical parents the dad's the kind of aggressive one act like a man like do as i say call me sir the mom is super like forgiving and loving and passive um yeah passive um and so i i think maybe what we're supposed to take from the whole son dying thing is that um maybe that maybe not so much from how the kids react to it because i couldn't tell you how they were affected by the brother passing but more so it affecting the parents and it kind of it's it's the whole saying with money it, it money doesn't make you a bad or a good person it just makes you more of what you are like that type of thing where that kind of their personalities it multiplied it by like 10 yeah it accentuated it yeah yeah there we go that's the word i was looking for accentuate yeah i so i i agree with and i also i have to say that i do agree with sage's point like i think that not knowing it like mm-hmm. didn't help it at all no um or leaving it so vague like i still kind of have like i i think more context maybe would have helped with understanding everyone's emotions more um because i feel like you you get the all you get is that they had a kid that died and that's all you know that's really affecting the parents as far as the kids go what's affecting them is just everything in life kind of like what he said life goes in and out of the house with the open windows with the breeze or whatever, like all those kids, their emotions are all shaped by everything that was happening in their day-to-day lives, which was some were good, some were bad. Um, whatever they're being kids, some were their parents influence on it. But like to really, I feel like I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't sympathize or empathize or whatever with, um, Brad Pitt or Chastain as much, just cause I was like, I just don't know enough right now. Like I really want to try and understand why, like how the way they're, they're feeling but I feel like more context would have helped in this situation. But anywho, so that's kind of me maybe meeting in the middle of Sage. I see where you're at, but I also kind of understand maybe what the director is going for. Yeah, no, I, 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 this is a movie where I, I certainly am glad that I watched it. Um, I don't know what type of score I'm going to give this thing yet. Um, But it's definitely a movie where I watch it and I'm like, I don't know how many people in the world would enjoy that. Yep. And like, I like, not that I would ever like think down upon somebody for not enjoying the same types of movies that I do, but I would never try to convince somebody with this movie that it's actually like really good or even really bad for that matter. It's just, I think this movie is just not for a lot of people. And like, I don't even know if it's for me, but just the more movies that I've watched and whatnot, I think it's nice to see something like this where it's like, this is like high art. This is pretentious. This is like, feels like a movie that would be watched in like a film class, but like, not like a film class at CSU, like a film class at like USC and like their senior year where they're really trying to focus down and learn and get down to like the philosophy and like that type of thing. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Sage, I want to say that you should you should love this movie because it's so philosophical. Um, but I also understand there's like a, some in a lot of ways people with that are both philosophical can like butt heads in a lot of ways about philosophy. Um, 
but this question, I mean, this movie leaves you asking more questions than you have answers for. And so that tells me, of course, this was written by somebody like a philosophy major and teacher. Philosophy is all about questions. Okay, that's a good segue. So probably the most important question in philosophy is why. And I think that that is the biggest flaw to this movie is that you totally understand like what each role each character is playing in the movie. Like you, Brad Pitt, every moment that he's on the screen, you're learning he's just a disciplined, hard-ass dad. He's a love every but moment yeah. that, but, but he does care. Yeah. He does he care. Is, yeah. yeah. Like it, he cares, but his form of caring is, uh, kind of grappled with, uh, this need for making sure their kid, his kids are disciplined, but this also insecurity of, do my kids love me? Like, yeah. Okay. I get it. But why is that important to the story? Go to Chastain. She's kind of in the polar opposite. They go to the nature and grace. Uh, he's the nature. She's the grace. But why? Uh, Jack's the rebellious older son that is kind of trying to lead and protect his little brothers and uh, like ask questions and also be a form of nature uh, from his dad. But why? Like it, it, its form of being philosophical is wrapped up in trying to like show meaning through just uh, visualizing these characters and these forms of living in life and thinking that that's enough, but it's way too ambiguous. Like it doesn't even ask the question why, like it's just, it's like a 2D paint or it's, uh, it's like a photograph. It's like, it's just a frame of something that's obvious, but you don't know. There's no depth. There's no. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of see what you're like. It's almost too nondescript and it's too universal to make a whole, like a, to make a poignant point. Um, like they say it about like songs, like the more specific a song is, the more relatable it is to a wider audience. Because it's in that specificities that like make you not only remember the song, but make you think back to something like that. But if you, like, especially like in country songs, or like, just if like if you think of like the newer country stuff, it's like I'm driving down a dirt road in my truck. But like some of the older ones are like painting you this picture of what that dirt road is like. And there's mountains off in the distance and their sun is setting and we're getting this, those cotton candy clouds and like that type of thing makes the song more universal, even though it's being more specific, if that makes sense. It's like that Billy Joel song in the Dewey Cox movie. I didn't understand a goddamn thing he was saying, <laughs> but that made me laugh. And that joy of making me laugh was more meaningful than anything in this movie because like, it just like, I, it was so two dimensional. All these characters were so two dimensional. Like it wasn't even, I mean, I, I understand that it could be autobiographical for him, but they're very atypical characters in real life and in movies and in stories everywhere. Like there wasn't anything particularly special about these characters. So like, can you give me something of why it's more relevant to 
some, the point you're trying to get to. What are you trying to say? And it never, ever, ever, ever got to that for me. Like the, the only attempt at it was that one of the boys died and that uh, Jack was still grappling with it a few decades later, supposing that Sean Penn was like in his mid forties or fifties. But like, why? Yeah. I, it, it, that, that is just the second biggest problem with this movie for me. So whenever I try and think about what this what this movie is about, and like I, I think it's fair to say that like when you when you're talking about all like um, the most important question is why and like why do you include all these things and um, I think him I think he kind of makes you want to ask why you like why you saw what you saw um, but that was that was a point that I had from earlier that I wanted to get out but um, I think to me like the the point of this film was just to discuss just to be an autobiographical film, describe some uh, uh, someone's humans, someone's human life experience um, that may be different from somebody else's, and um, and show like and, and show like maybe a, a real true um, true events that might happen in one's life um, growing up in Texas. And so I, when I piece all that together, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Then I like this movie in the in those areas, but it was the areas that they almost tried to build a story around, which I'm agree with you in the end, um, is this, that it seems like the focal point of all of this is the death of this 19-year-old kid and everything else is built around that. But they, like, I think if they would have, like, maybe ditched that being the focal point or just kind of brought it up casually later that it happened um, and take Sean Penn and this whole future self-dealing with the grief um, of whatever happened, I love this film. I love it 10 times more. But I think it's it's every it's the fact that like everything was built around this that I just don't understand why they included Sean Penn in this film and that whole looking back like what did he have to do with this death is it and, and why is he all of a sudden now choosing to um think about it I, I don't know and deal with it that it's it's everything with Sean Penn and everything that it's focused around this death that we know nothing about makes it not that great and like or maybe that's just the the mark on it the massive mark i don't know yeah, if that was the sean, coherent sean penn character whole role in the movie was bad i just didn't find myself really caring yeah um for him there is there is kind of a glaring thing that we're not bringing up and i mentioned it in the last review when i kind of talked about this movie is um the use of like christianity and whatnot yep um so the the movie opened up well before the movie opened up with this did you guys get the message that said um for optimal sound reproduction the producers of this movie recommend that you play it loud Mm -mm. that was the first thing that popped up on my screen i was like fuck yeah i can do that (laughs) (laughs) i did play pretty loud i played pretty much all my movies really loud i i really i really liked the sound design and mix in this thing um Anywho, back some, to some scenes were super duper loud. Some were like super duper quiet where you did have to have it cranked up so you could hear those quiet noises. Um, but so it I opens up with um, the Bible quote um, from Job 38, 47, or if this is arrest development, Gob. Um, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth, when the morning stars sang together and all the so- sons of God shouted for joy? Job thirty-eight forty-seven. Um, let me read the full um, 
well, maybe not the full one, but so uh, I'll just no, yeah, I think that that's I, yeah. I really quickly I want to jump off of that because yeah. at the end of the day, when you like talk about this movie was a auto like when you mentioned at the end of the last review that this like has some ties into Catholicism or Christianity or I forget what but, Christianity. Um, and so I had that in the back of my head going into this, and I was just like kind of curious about what routes it was going to take and things like that. Um, but I think when you ask about the point of this film and what it's about and you say, I think the main thing it's about when I, like earlier when I said, it's an autobiographical about a human experience that is different from somebody else's. That's maybe a sidebar. I think the main thing that this one's about is faith at the end of the day. Um, and, and like the faith in, I guess a faith that someone has in God, um, when things outside of their control happen to them. And so that, like, at the at the end of the day, I think that that's everything that this movie has to deal with is just faith in general. Um, and I think it does a really good job of painting that picture and that landscape. But I still, I'll go back to my, I still think that this building around the brother dying at 19 or the kid dying at 19, like, that being the focal point of the story that you're supposed to follow was still not that good. But I, I think I understand the... Um, faith aspect of it yeah and so like the whole point of like the story of job in the bible is that he is this good farmer he is this like good christian man who um who if like you believe in like the whole karma thing if you do good things good things will happen to you if you do bad things bad things will happen to you well it's like farm pretty much gets destroyed due to like the work of the devil and like his life kind of comes crashing down and he's pretty much like, God, why? Like how I, I don't get it. I've, I've been good. I've been a good Christian. I've done the things that you've asked me or not Christian. Mm-hmm. I think Job is in the first half of the Bible. Yeah. The, the book of Job is in the old Testament. Um, so not Christian God, I, I've, I've been a good Jew. Like, why, why would you spite me? Like, why, why would this bad thing happen to me? And that's, um, as mere humans, like we can't know like the creator's plan for the world is kind of the gist of that. Like, yes, like bad things happen to good people like all the time. And that's just the product of living in a fallen world um, in a world of like free will that something's like bad things will just happen to you. So that's the whole son dying thing where the mom's like, what in the world? Like, we've been good. Like, how is this like happening to us? And like, I think that's kind of the bedrock that this movie is based on, obviously with that opening Bible quote. Yeah. And I, I love the overall meaning of like, and and faith behind it and um, faith in all faith in whatever you believe in, but also the, the faith helps you in dealing with things out of your control and the bad things happening to good people. Like how else do you deal with that other than believing in something bigger? Um, so I like that as an overall message, but yeah, I still, I mean, but when you said like the Jessica Chastain part, it made me think, so this 19 year old that died, if it is what's his face, Jack's younger brother that is later in the future, we never even see, Brad Pitt or Jessica Chastain dealing with this death. We do. Yeah, that's when her mom or the the grandma. Yeah. 
What? It's when Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain are living in the glass house, like or the uh, house with a lot of windows. Yeah. And that's like the the grandma's over and she's talking to but do we Jessica really, Chastain. But do we really see much about like their grief or anything with it? Yeah. It's probably like the first part of the movie. Oh, yeah. Man, I just feel like most of pretty much everything we saw was them pre dealing no, with it. It was pretty much grief for the first, if I remember right, fifteen minutes. Then it was the weird thirty minutes of space and blue planet, and then it was like the rest of the movie was kind of centered around. Man, Jack. Maybe I need to rewatch the first like ten minutes again. But I, I can't really remember. I mean, I know what you're talking about with like the glass house and like the older because I mean they, they did flashbacks and quick cuts to that at the very yeah, end. Because like the neighbor or whatever was telling her like you got to move on. Like life moves that, on. That was one of their moms and the credits she's credited, I think is grandmother. Yeah. You've yeah. got, okay. Did she say you have two others? Yeah. Yeah. She did say you have so two it others. Is one that of the was the other confusing thing. Weren't there three of them? So it was one of the brothers. One of them that died. died. Okay. I gotcha. So now Sean Penn was okay. one and then the other one was the other one. And so one of the other two so died. We don't, so we don't see the kids impacted by the death of the, other than Sean yeah, we Penn. We only see Sean Penn in the future. Other than yeah. Sean Penn, future, super future Sean Penn. And we Penn. barely see any of the parents dealing with it. Because they show it for five minutes at the beginning, and then it like goes back into the beginning of their time. <laughs> and the parent. Well, there is, like, if I remember right, there's a phone call where Sean Penn says, hey, Dad, yes, yeah. I'm still grieving about him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's like I it. think about him every day or something I like that. I think about him every day, yeah. And then but that's, that's part like of Sean, Sean Penn's grief, not yeah. the dad's. yeah. That's right. Those are the, the lines that Sean Penn had. Yeah, those like the I only ones. <laughs> when when well, I saw Anthony the dinosaurs, I about shit my pants. Yeah, I like what when I saw fuck? the dinosaurs, I was like, I was like okay, so this is if I'm going Roger Ebert right here. Here's my review. You will most likely love this movie if you are high. I thought halfway through it, I was like, damn, this would have been good. Otherwise. Magic eight ball. It's up to you to find out. <laughs> yeah. Isn't I, that a strain of weed, the magic eight ball? Wow, probably Boom. is. Coincidence, I think not. <laughs> but um I I did make my note 30, 45, 34 minutes in when we saw dinosaurs, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, is this I was like, did I click on the right movie? Am I watching Cosmos? Waiting for Neil I well, I was on Neil, Apple TV uh, Plus and Degrassi. they just had that uh what's his name? Um the dinosaur planet earth planet earth dinosaurs came out like a week ago and i was like did it just like randomly switch to the dinosaur thing what's going on yeah the dinosaur thing was really weird another really weird part about this <laughs> it was all should we talk about the movie. dinosaur scene where he like holds the dinosaur down and then he tries to get up and then he holds him down again and then he walks away and the dinosaur gets up and they both walk separate ways yeah weird i don't even know how to take that i'm pretty sure the one that was laying down was like because there was blood like next to its mouth, so I'm pretty sure it was weak and dying. And like the Velociraptor-looking thing was like, "Nah, I'm gonna pass on you and go for the healthy one." Oh, I just took it as. And it then the like dying one was just like, Argh. didn't it get up. It might have tried, but I can't remember. It wasn't moving. <laughs> that it was, was just yeah, like, that was like, kill me. I'm that was dying. like, and trip. It was like, all right, fine. Uh, I thought the dinosaur was showing compassion, and I was like, what? I thought he was just showing pity for not caring for a injured animal that's dying and de- going to be dead anyways. Like it almost, it wasn't worth his time to kill it. So he was just like, yeah. it's going to die, whatever. And just showed it mercy. 
for some reason. I don't know. It was fucking weird. <laughs> really weird. And like out of left field. Definitely big time 2001 vibes. Oh, um, and also the other dinosaur or whatever the fuck you call it. The one with the long neck on the beach. Oh, yeah. That was injured. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, was a really, really fucking weird, another weird scene. Cause like all of a sudden he's injured and you're like, what, why am I? Cause that was the first dinosaur that we saw. Yeah. That was the, well, I think they showed one. Re- no, I, I think it, but... that was like, that was the first one we saw because it was like washed up on the beach and yeah, like had beached. all the cuts beach days. and like the neck. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then That's it just showed I... a bunch of sharks and I was like, did the sharks get hit it? Did what's happening? Cause I, I read that IMDb trivia thing about the whole guy coming in to do the practical effects. And I was, I like put that in my notes, like guy from 2001 did the practical effects, like in quotes, all real. And the next note was dinosaurs question mark. And I went, definitely not all real. (laughs) (laughs) Like definitely not all real, like real effects. Those are definitely CGI dinosaurs. Another kind of weird mark that I have on this movie is I don't understand it. And there's other things that I kind of like want to look into, like the meaning of it. That one, I don't. If there is a meaning for having dinosaurs in there. I have a feeling for you and I, Tate, this one will be a big January 1st. Uh, let's, we're going to change our scores on it. Yeah. <laughs> this. Oh, man, it was just such a weird movie. I think I was trying to think about the other things. I Can we to get to about. my biggest qualm with this movie? Sure. My biggest problem with this movie, hands down, is the way it was shot. It, like, beginning to end, not the 30 minutes mushroom stuff, like, all of the, just the way it was shot. I hated it. Every moment. Like, all it was was weird moving angles of people just wandering and, like, looking aimlessly and then them whispering, like, am I alive? Where is my brother? What is thought? Where do we go when we die? And it's just like a boy, just like. Mummy. At different angles, just wandering, stopping, turning, like cuts to a, sh- a sh- uh, close up to their face. And they're just like, oh, and then turn and like look in the distance. And I'm like. Okay, that's like fine every once in a while when you're trying to... And Sean Penn, that was all Sean Penn. Like, he he's just going up in an elevator. He's like, oh, oh. And it's like, the fuck? Do something. <laughs> this is so frustrating. And all these stupid things the kids were doing in the streets. They're just like, ha, ha, ha. stop. Just like look aimlessly into the just universe and it's like what the fuck i hated that that was by far my least favorite part of the movie and it drove me insane and it was the entire film pretty much the entire film yeah like that was the only way the entire movie was shot outside of the 30 minute mushroom fest yeah well and like there's a few scenes with like the brad pitt where there's actually like some dialogue and some like um i don't know an actual scene it felt like but everything yeah. else in between, which was like 80% of the movie, was all silence and... Just aimless wandering and whispers. Yeah, and, and kind of pl- kids just being like... They just like push each other and be like... <laughs> I don't know. Fucking weird. It was so I feel like I heard a lot bad. of... 
I, but that's, so maybe that's one way, because I was thinking about that. I was just like, this is weird. I don't know if I like it. But how else are you going to paint the picture of somebody else's life growing up? Like, I, I feel like it's just such a hard objective to... Well, I talked a lot more to do. Up, pretty <laughs> sure, even me. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like looking back, like that's just how we were as kids. Like when I think about those memories, like I don't remember the conversations happening in some of them, but I just remember being a kid and just like, Tate, we did not shit. wander aimlessly like that. No, but like, and you sure as hell didn't stare no, at the universe pondering universal questions. I've always asked um, questions. This was also in the fifties. They didn't have, they had less rules. They could kind of wander like this. But uh, well, yeah, what I'm just saying is that like that's kind of the way I remember my childhood. I, it's like I like your point with that a lot. Like this is more of a ref- like the way the scenes play out is more of a more of a reflection of the memory of them. Yeah, and so that's why we don't see any like conversations be- between the kids because he wouldn't remember what the conversations were. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's what you're getting at. That's basically what I was thinking about. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's a cool way to tell a story about how somebody grew up. Um, like, if I were to tell a story about how I grew up, I feel like I would maybe, now seeing this, I'd be like, yeah, I'd do it the same. I'd just, like, show events that happened throughout my life that I remember without needing much context. Around I will say happening. I do agree. Like, I think that that makes sense. But for it to be, like, 100% of the way the movie is filmed yeah, can drive stuff anyone insane yeah no especially well, the fact that it's two hours yeah and 18 whatever minutes almost two and a half yeah. when i paused i was like okay this movie has to almost be over and i had long. 45 minutes left and i was like i can't long. do this <laughs> i that's, really can't that's do where this. this this movie my god was so melancholia like but and i and i also think like the aimlessly wandering around was very melancholia like and like the way that that was shot too I'll be honest, I don't remember that movie like besides me not liking it. Oh man, I have some pretty vivid images from Melancholia. It stood out. But um I was gonna look at Um this movie made gross worldwide fifty eight million dollars. It almost doubled its its budget. When did I kinda remember this movie coming out and just everyone making fun of Sean Penn? Well, okay, it was nominated wait. for Best Picture. When did it come out? Two thousand eleven. When? Oh, like what date? Yeah. Jesus. Um, Jesus. <laughs> May 17th, 2011 at Cons Had a limited re- release in the USA on May 27th, 2011. Okay, so Why? sorry, I, I was looking up. Melancholia was released in the same year. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty wild. Bad year. Do you think these... Do you think... <laughs> Say just the year you graduated high school. Yeah, bad year. <laughs> That's even funnier. <laughs> Do you think these two were super high together talking about movies? I don't know if how high. I don't know if he does drugs, but I would be kind of surprised if he did. I think he's just one of those weirdo philosophy guys. I feel like making this movie is kind that, of like, a drug in itself. <laughs> yeah. The way he made it, he was probably on on high on life. Literally. I'm surprised he didn't have Seth Rogen as a producer. Nice one of these joke. movies, one of those two movies that you brought up was nominated for Best Picture. One of them was not. Melancholia? <laughs> was not. Was not. Man, I'm so surprised that... No matter what, it, this movie will not be ranked at the same score or lower than Melancholia. It will be ranked higher than Melancholia nice. for me. 
Well, you got some mad melancholia bias. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> one, one of us does. <laughs> I that's fair because this will get nothing equal to or greater than melancholia. But it is. I have said it a million times. Um. So do you want to know what the Oscar results were this year for the three categories that it was nominated in? Yes, I do. So it was nominated for cinematography, which I I liked that aspect. I know Sage yeah. hated it, but I, I really liked. I the really aspect did too. Of it. I liked it. Um, Tell me. <laughs> other nominees were War Horse, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Artist, and Hugo. Um, Terrence Malick was nominated for Best Director as well as Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris, Martin Scorsese for Hugo, Alexander Payne for The Descendants, and the winner was Michelle Hazanavikius for The Artist. Hassan. (laughs) And then it was also nominated for Best Picture. Other nominees were War Horse, Moneyball, Midnight in Paris, Hugo, The Help, Extremely loud and incredibly close. The Descendants, and, and the winner was the artist. I mean, going into some other. But yeah, that was this. a bad Oscars. Yeah, twenty twelve was a rough. bad Oscars. The artist, pretty rough Oscars. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but you know what? One best original song. Am I a man or am I a muppet? <laughs> a muppet of a man or a very manly muppet? That's very fitting for that year, it sounds like. <laughs> Muppets to win Best Original Song. 2011 was a crazy year. They, they, they waited patiently to find the right year to release that movie. Yeah, and, and they timed it perfectly. <laughs> um, going into some of the other aspects that we usually talk about, because I feel like we've kind of covered the meaning of the film. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of get it now. I, I mean, now talking through it, it helps me uh, di- digest it all. But going into some other stuff, cinematography was awesome. I disagree with Sage on that one. I did really like the way it was shot. Um, I did think it was maybe too much. Um, I think like it I was did, a lot. I did also it was enjoy this. Absolutely too much. It I, would have been great if it was to a lesser degree. Oh, see, I I, I don't know. I, I I think I think other directors do that to a lesser degree. I think this one. I don't. I, I don't know of another director that could shoot something like this. That doesn't make it good. I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. I liked I, it. I, I, I like that he uh, went just like balls to the wall. I think I liked it because it was also different. I always have a. I have a huge crush on things just being different for no reason, um, other than just to be different. So here's a question: How would you watch this movie again? No. Yes. Well, how soon would you watch it? It would depend. If I find a piece of information that makes it all make a whole lot more sense, um, within a couple months, I would rewatch it. If I was if high, it was I'd rewatch it. <laughs> if I was high, I would not rewatch it. No, I'd actually probably watch if it. If it was streaming or if I bought it in 4K. This is one of those pretentious movies where in a couple of weeks I could see myself being like, this movie's incredible. <laughs> like just the more I read about it and the more this small brain of mine can be explained it by other smart people. Don't fall into the ambiguity of philosophy. It's a, um, it's a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous world and it gets people in trouble. See, does that why you're so cynical? Somebody's review on IMDb um, 
the title caught my extent my attention he said sheesh skip all the other reviews just read this I've just wasted my time reading 20 IMDb reviews of Tree of Life, but both love it's and hate it's. They might as well as have been telling you how they feel about the color blue. Subjective, subjective, subjective. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did Sage write that review 20 minutes ago? <laughs> so let's try something different. I'm not going to tell you whether I loved or hated this movie. I'm just going to tell you what to expect. Without either praising or disparaging this film, I'd describe it as being a mix of Fellini, Kubrick, IMAX and Stand by Me. I was I, thinking Stand by Me. Those yeah. last 3 for sure. I don't I don't know the Fellini reference that he's making. Um but this is the point I wanted to make. He breaks it up into four acts. Um so this film is presented in four distinct acts each lasting between 30 and 45 minutes. The acts are very disjoint are very disjointed and although they're woven together by common thematic elements the experience can be very disorienting the director seemed to be seemed to pattern this film after kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey with its four contra- contrasting sections act one setting this film begins with a peak in the late life of the 1950s act two tone the next sequence lasting about 30 minutes is a very impressionistic journey through space time and evolution be prepared there may be a few voiceovers but otherwise it's completely without dialogue actors or events <laughs> or events the best way to describe it is oh, to I, say I like it's that. Like I an... like that. <laughs> what are the things that you need in a movie? Actors, dialogue, and events. <laughs> and he just put 40 minutes of none of that. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, the best way to describe it is to say it's like an IMAX film with the narration mm-hmm. turned off. It's somewhat reminiscent of the acid trip sequence at the end of 2001. <laughs> Act three plot after that we return to the late 50s uh this third sequence makes up the body of this film having established the setting and tone the director gives us a story more or less (laughs) 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 because way more or less than more (laughs) it presented (laughs) it's presented in a series of vignettes focusing mostly on the love-hate relationship between a boy and his father this mirrors the love-hate relationship that each character has with goodness. Both the father and son are jerks struggling to become good, each in his own way. This portion of the film reminded me of a dark, disturbing version of Stand By Me. Act 4, conclusion, which I do want to talk about, which is going to segue, segue us into the conclusion. Um, we return to another impressionistic sequence, this time including the main characters and short bits of dialogue and voiceovers. To some of the audience, it may give closure and satisfaction. To others, it may just plain suck. <laughs> That was a there there's a there's a couple more paragraphs in the review, but that was that was some wow, good stuff I, right there. That's the best review I've heard of this movie so far. <laughs> yeah, that was very accurate. And I like how he didn't say it was good or bad, he just described it. Because <laughs> it I mean, makes that's me, like if you ask me, me what I more. recommend this movie to anyone, I'd be like, no, because like I don't know. Like you, you don't know what if you someone would, says. Like, should I watch this movie? I'd be like, what, I don't know. What would your pitch be to be like? Yeah, you know, you should watch this movie. There's 40 minutes of like traveling through space, space to the dinosaurs. I'd just be like, I'm not gonna watch it again. But if you feel compelled, go for it. I can't help you. Like I've, I've been describing it as to other people as it's a movie. Before I watched it, it's a movie with Sean Penn and Brad Pitt, and that's it. <laughs> And now I feel like that's oversells it. Oh yeah, because they're not yeah, even really like. Don't bring up the cast. They're definitely. Like, I thought when I first started, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get like 
10 minutes of Brad Pitt and it's going to be like all Sean Penn. Me too. And then I was like, oh, we got actually a lot of Brad Pitt, kind of. Like we got a lot of shots of Brad Pitt, but like very little dialogue, very little like, I don't want to say acting because he, he was definitely acting like the whole time. Yeah. And like, I think it was like, I think say what you will about like the way and like what they were asked to do as actors, but I think they pulled it off how they were supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily they think that we were, yeah, like we weren't supposed to necessarily pull like a great acting performance out of this movie. Yeah. It wasn't as much about the acting. I, yeah, yeah. It's weird to say that there's good or bad. I don't know. It just, Brad Pitt was an executive producer on this thing. I did see that afterwards. That was a mistake. Okay. But so getting into conclusion then. Um, yeah, I, I guess what, what did you guys think of this? Like little afterlife sequence. I thought it kind of, it, Hmm. Here's my interpretation of it. Ready? (laughs) Yeah. I liked it. Um, because I thought it was the, I thought it, the way I took it was, I feel like I'm talking like Sage in this review. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the way I took it was that it was a metaphor for all of these characters, um, aimlessly wandering through life. And without like a sense of direction in what's happening. And um, I think that the religious tie to it was that when they all kind of started to find each other, then they all started to like get to like groups and head in the same direction together. Like it almost like everybody was by themselves aimlessly walking around this like beach area in different directions. And it was kind of chaos, but in like slow motion. And then all of a sudden, like as the as it started to build more and more, it almost looked like forms and groups of people all heading in the same direction or all heading like together. Um, and so I think that that was a metaphor for religion and faith and shit like that. So as far as visually and what I think they're going for, the way I took it, I thought it was really cool. But does it make any sense? No, <laughs> like no, not no, at all. No, I don't all. get it at all. Yeah, like I mean, I, I, I second everything you just said. I think. Sage, I had completely uh-huh. given up the hope <laughs> of understanding what the fuck was going on when that was going, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna see if it's cool." And it looked cool, but I was like, "I mean, the, it epitomized the entire movie." It was like, "We're just gonna show you a bunch of the cool shit and not give you any reason to understand what we're trying to tell you." It's like there was so much intention um, behind everything in this film, but so hard to grasp unless you were like literally in the mind of Mr. Malik and it's almost impossible to like try and understand it fully. This is more, this movie is more befitting of an English class, not a philosophy class. That's what I tell Mr. MIT <laughs> Harvard philosophy brain Malik. <laughs> I want to see yeah, Malik. Mr. Malik. Sage. This guy went to the university of Oregon. Bitch. Not he wasn't a Rhodes Scholar. No, at Oxford. Bring like it, you, you idiot, <laughs> dumb, dummy. Um, Except okay, this I, probably had to do a lot with your life, so I respect that. But try and do, try and do. If a you're going to tell a story, try and do a better job. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to bring up some of Malik's other movies, his more recent movies, because they have like stacked casts as well. 
I don't know if I don't think they would be like this one, but his movie from 2017 called Song to Song, which sounds like it's going to be Tate's next pick. Two intersecting <laughs> love triangles, Ooh. obsession and betrayal set against the music scene in Austin, Texas, Ooh. starring Ryan Gosling, Rooney Mara, Michael Fassbender, Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett and Holly Hunter. Oh, and Val Kilmer. Shot up. That's too many yeah. intertwining stories. Take can handle that. <laughs> Literally everything Dude, you how said crazy. just got better and better about that. But like, Anywho. That cast is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty fucking stacked. You said Ryan um, Gosling and I gave a thumbs up. And then you gave Natalie Portman and I said, holy shit. Oof. Pop them and all like, Except she's a vegan, so. So he, he did two documentaries. JKJK, <laughs> <laughs> Voyage of Time, an IMAX documentary. And that one was uh, narrated by Brad Pitt. He also Man, did what did him Voyage. and Brad Pitt got going on together? I don't know. I think my guess like would be that Brad Pitt was ever? a fan and was like, dude, I want to My guess is they went to New Mexico and they smoked some peyote and became homeless. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a possibility. And then Voyage of Time, Life's Journey, narrated by Kate Blanchett. Where's um, Blanchett? Isn't what? it Blanchett? Blanchett? Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett? Do you say why am I saying Blanchett? Yeah, because I think that's how you say her name. What? I'm pretty sure it's Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. <laughs> Blanchett. <laughs> now they both sound weird. <laughs> um, but you didn't realize you're saying Kate Blanchett's surname incorrectly. Yep, the last syllable in the Oscar-winning star's last name is actually pronounced Chit, not Chet, not yeah. Blanchett. 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 Kate yeah, Blanchett. That's, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Huh. Didn't know that. So like I think like like other actors and like big name actors in Hollywood are like, I want to work with this guy Terrence Malick. Well, and so I did read um that Brad Pitt, I mean, maybe he had a say in this, but he I mean the now I'm thinking about it, he maybe did, but the way he answered this like question about the shooting of the film made me think that he wasn't a part of it and that it was like all Malick's choice. But um like they all shot in natural light, so there was no, um, yeah. Anywho, no, yeah, yeah, added lights or cameras, like electrical cameras. lights, yeah. Um, all shot in natural lighting and all free form. It said like camera movement, so it was like just somebody mm-hmm. holding a camera in their hand instead of like on an arm on a cart or anything like that. Like, um, so he just said that it was a cool change of pace from Hollywood, um to going and like a lot of this part of this film was shot in India, which I was thinking about. I was like, maybe it was just the last scene. I don't know where else, like what other parts. Cause a lot of the other shots were in, in and around Austin area. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, he, it, he just said it was really cool because it was like very anti Hollywood, um, to have so few people around while filming and to have so few like lights and, um, just other chaos and, shit going on while filming he said it was pretty relaxing so i don't know maybe that's did why you, people like working with him maybe he has a pretty unique did you way. realize it was barton springs as soon as you saw it yeah immediately there were I other know. i think there was a scene earlier with like little cliffs in the falls that i think i've been to i had a question uh what was the town that they were based in waco I'm waco is what is the waco. uh yeah which I'm assuming is close to Austin. It's an hour north. Yeah, hour and a half north. Yeah. I have another weird thing that can. Conf- so I actually watched this movie with Momo, uh, my grandma. What did she think? She did not like it. Um, yeah. One of our 
big questions and issues with it was, did Frank have an Oedipus complex? Because we both think he did. Question, who is Frank? You mean the Jack? The son. Jack. That's Jack. Sorry. Okay. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, who is Frank? I have, <laughs> I'm about to get shit on. <laughs> yeah, Jack. Uh, no, Freud, no. I don't think he did. I don't think I, so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't We're pretty like convinced that. he did. What would convince you? What convinced us was the whole nightgown scene when he like went into the neighbor's house and stole like the daughter's nightgown and then just visualized his mom like wearing a nightgown. And then he was like, ah, and then ran to the river and threw it in the river. Mo and I were but like, he rejected that. So definitely out of his complex. And then he was just like staring at his beautiful mom and he was like, you're beautiful, mom. We we're like, that's weird. He did say he was a lot like his dad. <laughs> Get a little Maybe. Weird. I don't know. I just took that like one scene where he stole her blouse, whatever, and I was like, her nightgown. I was like, yeah, oh, but then it wasn't clips of like the girl in the yeah, I know, nightgown. It, it was his mom in the nightgown, and he was like, yeah, that's kind of. That was we weird. Were like, scene. Okay, yeah, Whoa. maybe you are. <laughs> there is some maybe. weird Oedipus complex vibes just humming. All right, I won't leave it out of the question now. Now, you, now it's yeah, definitely it, on the table. It's yeah. a big question that says, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't like it, but so I'll allow it. There's, <laughs> there's a few things that I, like, they very quickly show, which I think, like, a lot of these were cool, but some of them I have some questions about. Um, like, the one where the kid died at Barton Springs, I was just like, damn, that sucks. But, like, I mean, maybe that actually happened in his childhood. Um, and I was like, oh, that would be something that is completely out of your control that would shake you and it would stand out as a kid. Um, and also like additionally seeing like the homeless people or the people getting arrested. Um, if you're a kid and you like see something like that it, for the first time it might stick with you. Um, but there's a couple of other ones that were really weird. First one, was there somebody that having like a seizure on his lawn that the dad was helping when the mom was like turning his head and making him walk away? Yeah. Someone was having a seizure. That was and weird. She was trying to protect him yeah, because but- he has an Oedipus complex. <laughs> Is she giving him an Oedipus complex? Yeah, maybe that was the start of it. Um, But anywho, I thought that was a weird one. Didn't really have much context behind what was happening or anything. Are you surprised? No, I was just wondering if there's any other. No. I sent this movie. I can't think of anything else because I was just sitting there most of the time being like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, then, why do I not understand? I want, make me understand. The other one, the kid with the, like the burn on the back of his neck. Never addressed it. Just what? kept showing the kid with the burned like head. Yeah. And then like him shooting his brother's hand. <laughs> oh yeah. I did want to bring that up. That was, that was wild. That was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did like when they got, when they were like a- after that happened and they're, and he just hands his brother like the two by four and he's like, you can hit me with this. Cause I was like, that's something that every older brother has done where like the older brother hurts the younger brother. And you're like, Oh, I'm just like, I did not mean to like actually hurt you. Yep. Definitely. Done like <laughs> you can get payback on me. Just don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Um, that was a, a weird one. Also, right at because like right before that, he was just like telling him to like put the the, the stick in the vase and was like, "Trust me." Yeah, that and, was the the wire, the clothes yeah. hanger. I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna electrocute his brother!" What the fuck is happening? Wait, what was he holding? A lamp. Oh, that was a lamp. Yeah. Oh, it was without the without mm. the bulb in it. Yeah. Okay, that's fucked up. 
<laughs> it didn't work. Wow. I did not know that that was that. Holy shit, that was fucked up. That, never mind, then. That has its answer, and the answer is just that Jack was fucked up. Yeah, Jack was very fucked up. Jack was absolutely fucked up, and he was even most fucked up when he was Sean Penn. Yeah, one of my notes was uh, Jack is scary as fuck. Yeah, I would be so terrified of him <laughs> if I... Like, if this movie was made in, like, today, and, like, set in today... Jack doesn't necessarily grow up to be Sean Penn. He grows up to be somebody else that does bad things. Yeah. Ted Bundy. <laughs> or, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. We, we can. <laughs> yeah. I think we can probably wrap up here. Um, all right. Let's see if let's. Oh, the kids running through the mosquito spray, the DDT stuff. Oh, yeah. Funny. That was very <laughs> crazy. Why? That, oh, that, that's the second movie I've seen this year that had a scene like that. Crazy to see a young Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan's the guy from uh, the main character from Ready Player One. Really? Oh, I was going to guess the youngest brother between the three. Is he the crazy guy that's now the Joker? Paul Dano. No, that's the Riddler. Oh. Oh, 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 from, from the Batman. Yeah. Um, Barry Keegan. Yeah, is that him? Is the youngest no. brother Barry Keegan? Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. I think sure? the youngest brother was Ty Sheridan. The youngest brother? I'm pretty sure Steve. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the youngest brother was named Steve, and that was Ty Sheridan. And he's the one from Ready Player One. But I could see how they would look similar at a young age. Like Barry Keegan and him kind of have a similar look. Okay, now let's get to the aggregators. A 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 85 out of 100 on Metacritic. Wow, 85 on Metacritic? Yeah, you're wrong, Metacritic, once again. <laughs> They're like a game of heads and tails. Oh, man, I really want Sage to go first, but I also don't want his score to influence mine, so I'm going to go first. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a wild card. He could I don't know what he's going to do. Um. I don't know. I felt like right after watching this, I was ready to give it a decent score. And then talking about some of the things, I was like, oh, I like these aspects. But then the more and more and more we talked about it, the more I was kind of like, you're right. I don't think I understand the point of a lot of this or like the why they included it at least. I think I understand the point of the film, but I just don't understand why they did it the way they did it. Fuck, I don't fucking know. I feel like I failed you. I feel like... At the beginning, Sage and I were like trying, like we're on the opposite sides, and Sage just clearly won. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, but it's hard to argue against some of the points that he has against it, especially when I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just think that that guy that wrote that review—that's what I'm thinking back to as far as like he just nailed it. He nailed yeah. exactly what this movie is, and I, and and then it leaves it up to you after he says that to decide whether it's good or bad and i don't think it was good or bad it just was weird um but i if i have to think about i feel if it's going to be memorable i don't think it really will be that memorable um i mean i'm going to remember the gist of it but as far as like details of it and like um okay and like how much i enjoyed it like i'm going to be like i don't know um and i don't really have much interest in watching it again so i think because of all of that 
I'm going to go with a 55. Cinematography, though. Yeah. It looked so cool. It did look cool. But I think thinking about Sean Penn's character's role in this really, like, is bringing me... <laughs> like, That's a great... Like, I rem- vividly remember when this came out, every, like, Sean Penn, everyone was giving him shit for his role in this movie. But, and that's absolutely going to influence my score way too long. Uh, I'll probably give it like a, it's a two out of five stars, but is it a strong (laughs) or a weak? It's probably right on par. I'll give it a 40 out of a hundred. I really think that the way it was shot was cool. If it was like, sparsely used for like flashbacks or something but the fact that it was the way it was shot the entire time was one disorienting two boring and three overwhelming uh sean penn's character and role was just absolutely unnecessary the best part of the whole movie was the 30 minute blue planet sequence it yeah it was not a i would not rewatch this movie and i'm not gonna or i'm gonna try to not remember it <laughs> that's fair um i'm gonna give it a 67 um so I, i'm I, that has a lot of room to grow in the next couple of weeks here because i definitely i need it explained to me beat by beat <laughs> for for i feel like for me to really appreciate it i need it like but not written out. I need it like either a video or somebody sitting next to me being like, okay, this is what this means. Make it like a five hour ordeal watching this movie. Um, yeah, I, I really want to like this type of movie. Sometimes I'm just incapable of doing so. That's a good way to put it. I really wanted to like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think because it was like so beautifully shot. And it's so pretentious. It's, it's such so a pretentious, pretentious movie. Which I love. This is absolutely... Pre- this movie is modern art. Yes. Wow. Well, I, I don't That's know if a... I'd go with modern art. It's modern like, art. I would not classify it as modern art where it's anybody could do it, is what modern art looks like. Yeah, so that's an average of 54. Sage, do you have your next pick ready? I do. After the last couple movies, I need an easy movie <laughs> to watch. So, are you ready? Is it Paddington 1? No. <laughs> uh, I got a recommendation Klaus from two? someone I work with. <laughs> we are going to be watching Desperado. Ooh, Desperado. Yeah, Desperado with Antonio Banderas. From 1995. Uh, yep. Ooh. Steve Buscemi. Quentin Tarantino, Ooh. Ooh. Cheech Marin. Ah, directed Sheet. by Robert Rodriguez. Music by Los Lobos. Oh, fuck. I just Googled Despacito. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> <shit?"> <laughs> Wow. This is, I think this is going to be my first Robert Rodriguez movie. I have watched one of his TV shows very recently. Do you know what he was the showrunner for this year? No. Tate? What'd you say? I was looking at the Do you movie. know what he was a showrunner for this year? Who? Robert Rodriguez, the director of this movie. What he was a showrunner for? Yeah, he he was like the main person behind this TV show, or one of the one of the three oh, main people behind this okay. TV show. Tamora Morrison was the main star. 
Ming Na Wen was his co-star. Oh, boy, that doesn't help. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Pedro Pascal oh, showed up. Good guess. No, not Obi Wan Kenobi. Da da, Book of Boba Fett. Okay, well that's expi- exciting. Desperado. Oh, and it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think I saw it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's exciting. Wow, I'm very pumped for this easy watching film. Looks like apparently this good... is Salma Hayek's breakout role too, so that could be fun. It it just says um, Steve Buscemi as Buscemi. <laughs> I <laughs> fucking he, love Steve. Buscemi. Is he himself? God, he's so good. <laughs> he's good in everything he does. He's like the best. It doesn't even have a first name or anything. It just says Buscemi. Well, it's kind of funny because Quentin Tarantino is actually like acting in this movie. Yeah, wow. So he's not a producer, writer, or director. He's an actor. Tarantino as pickup guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very, very exciting. Wait, is the second part of Rodriguez's Mexico trilogy? Apparently it's a trilogy, yeah. Oh, the first you- one's El Mariachi? And then I don't Desperado. think it matters that we watch them in order. It, this isn't uh, whatever the fuck Ethan Huck <laughs> before mistake again. All right. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can email us at gd4ampodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. You can follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. Um, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, I'm going to electrocute you with a lamp. I'm going to stomp your head and then let go and walk away and let you live. I'm going to pull the jack up from underneath the car so the car smashes you. That was crazy when he thought about doing that. You don't remember that? What? (laughs) The dad was like working underneath the car and he had it jacked up. Oh, yeah. And the kid was like just like staring at it being like, oh, my God, I could just pull the jack out. Wow. I didn't really pick that up. I thought he was going to do it. I was like, Tell me, dude, shit. Oedipus Complex. <laughs> he, yeah. Get daddy out the way. He did say that he wanted to kill him. Yeah. He, he didn't say he wanted to kill him. He wanted him to die. Oi. All right. We'll catch you next week. Here, I don't give a damn. A mechanic can be a panic with just a good looking man. He's looking at you, kid. And any bar may be right here. When you're terrific, if you're even good, where anyone else can be made up. To be simple is equally understood. Go out and try. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Okay, bedtime. <laughs>